Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Business is not really just about the money. Business is about service first, giving first, then the money will be the result of the service. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, hello. I am so happy to bring you today's episode of Project Loving Myself, which explores topics on entrepreneurship, leadership, and manifestation. So to all you entrepreneurs out there, this one is for you. But when you think about it, we are all entrepreneurs on some level with the desire to create something great, something wonderful, even such as to make something valuable out of our own life. And so this episode, which ventures into the topic of manifestation, may be exactly what the universe has delivered to you so that you can finally take the action that you may need to jumpstart your life or at least move forward in the right direction. So let me tell you more about who we will be talking to on this episode. Our esteemed guest today believes that CEOs and visionaries should care about humanity, community, advocacies, and self-growth. And I am completely with him on this. He sets the bar when it comes to service leadership, and it is this very same dedication to developing, empowering, and serving people that led him to become a life coach. Winston Lim, or Coach Wins as he is fondly known, is the managing director for Abinson, the appliance and gadget retail giant that you probably know of. But his credentials are far more impressive than just that. An inspirational speaker on the subject of business and manifestation, he is the founder of the Light in Me Foundation and a life coach for Innovate. He is also an author of a book on manifestation entitled A Simple Guide to Getting What You Want. Coach Wins exemplifies the concept of service leadership. And let me define this concept for you. Service leadership is a leadership philosophy in which the goal of the leader is to serve. Service leadership is the powerful force that occurs once a person discovers their heart to serve, answers their call to lead, and summons the courage to engage. Which makes for a great story to tell. 
So I am looking forward to learning more about Coach Wynn's philosophy on business's service, sharing with you his thoughts on manifestation, and finding out how to get what you want in the simplest way possible. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Wins. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Sanayan. Thank you for having me in your show. So Coach Wins, I have some really great questions for you spanning, I think, so many different topics that I know you are very well versed in. So I read a quote by you where you mentioned, looking into the light in me empowered and opened both my heart and mind to the universe. Tell me about this. How does someone from a business background, you know, say something like this? What does it mean to you? Tell me the story. So I guess I started my manifesting journey and my life coaching journey from a typical businessman. Everybody's trying to get their goals. They're trying to get their sales, profit, all these goals. And in the meantime, I had a great family. I had great relationships. But then I was looking for something more. I had everything. But then I was looking for something more. And I guess what I found out was that more was never out there. That will never be enough. But what got me here got me to say that, okay, it's not out there. It's in here. That started my journey towards talking about business service and talking about manifestation. So Coach Wins, I had some a similar experience to you at the point when I discovered well-being, spirituality, service, and so on, I too was at a point in my life where I thought, you know, I had everything. You know, I had a comfortable life. I had a great family. I had everything that I thought that mattered. And of course, I had my entire future ahead of me. But the more I got into healing and coaching and a lot of different workshops that I attended, the more I started to see that what I thought was a great life may not have been. Did you encounter that as well? That, you know, what seemed great on the outside maybe was not the truth once you actually started to, you know, go through a process of self-discovery. Yeah, exactly like your your story, but like, oh, I have everything. I'm supposed to be happy. Why am I not happy? Then it's suddenly going, okay, so the answer is not out there. It must be something else. So that's how you started going in and going within, finding more purpose and finding the reason, the intentions of doing all these things. What for? Rather than getting these things out there. You know, I think that this is kind of the journey for a lot of people that initially, right, you are let's say young, you're thinking about your education, then you go out there and you try to find a job. And then eventually you get to a place where you're a lot more secure, maybe financially, you have your family, you know, you're stable. And that's usually when you start asking questions like, okay, I've achieved all those things that I set out to do. You know, I have the job, I have the income, I have the family, but why am I still missing something? Why does it feel like there's more to life? And so I find that, you know, in countries where, the population is starting to become more financially secure, mm-hmm. more stable in terms of, you know, necessities and so on. And they're at a stage where they can start to look for, you know, wants rather than just their needs. That's when people start to discover, you know, things like self-realization, you know, having more awareness, meditation, going inward. So I'm glad um, that you can relate to that and that you essentially validated the same thing. Now, you run a program, Coach Wins, titled Business is Service. And we started with that as well. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about how this happened? How did someone, again, with your background, start to go more into service? And how do you balance, you know, a business getting that to be successful and still being able to serve others at the same time? Does it work together? And I got this, I got this insight probably from uh, Brother Bo and so many inspiration that the fruits of business is love. When he mentioned that, I started to figure out what, what did that mean? But actually, I realized that any business, any organization, actually, for that matter, any business, their purpose is to serve. Like a simple restaurant, they give you food, you give them money. They served you. And even, in fact, the biggest businesses, including ours, it's really to serve you, to provide you with the things that you need, things that you want. So then I said, okay, the meaning of service, the purpose of business is not really money. And like people, when they think of business, they think, oh, you're just after it for the money. But I tell people, well, uh, I, I hope I can change that impression that business is not really just about the money. Business is about service first, giving, giving first. Then the money will be the result of the service. So people are a lot, a lot of them are really hung up about the money. This is the profit I'll make. This is how much I'll make, which is actually good to provide for yourself and for your family. But that's not primary. The primary purpose could be to serve. What kind of service? What kind of product? How do I give first in order to receive? And I guess that's really just the law of nature and the law of the universe as well. So we're just following that. We're just following that law of nature. That as you give, you receive. So the way I, I talk about that, and this really changes a lot of people's minds, is like sometimes uh, traditionally when we pray, we usually pray that, oh, Lord, please, I have no money. Please give me money. Whereas now, I learned that in, a, in the Jewish tradition, in the Jewish tradition, the way they pray is, Lord, I don't have any money. Please give me someone to serve. Mm -hmm. And that changed my whole mindset. That when I have someone to serve, they will be able to give me something in exchange. And that's how real wealth and real abundance is created. I love that. You know, that's such a different perspective because I was taught growing up that, you know, business is about exchange. You're exchanging product for money. But when you mm -hmm. put it in, in that way, that it's actually service, you're actually serving somebody's needs, then I think it just takes on a completely different understanding. And, and definitely, I think that's very helpful for people. Now, a lot of companies don't necessarily see eye to eye with your perspective. I mean, a lot of companies are looking at the bottom line or they're looking at um, how to serve themselves first before, you know, the customer or so on. So coming from the business world, do you see that, you know, the, the, you know, where, where are the scales right now? Is it mostly companies that are looking at profit or are we seeing a shift? Where is the business situation in the Philippines today? The business situation in the Philippines, I would say a lot of the companies will have to look at their bottom line, really look at, look at that because of survival, because, it's, because they've seen the crisis, so they know they have to save up for the crisis. So I do understand where they focus, where they focus there. But a lot of the companies and even the big companies, I guess are looking at consumers. It's a very competitive it's a very competitive world out there, definitely. But the competition makes it more right that a lot of companies are finding better, faster ways to serve customers. So I guess that's the other, the other side of it. That I'm really surprised that in the, Philipp in the Philippines, you have really good, uh, as a retailer, really good retailer. I've, I've been in the U.S., in Europe, 
But the retail scene is really good here because it's so competitive to get that consumer to spend the money. So our margins are very low and the environments are really nice, really for the consumer. So it really fosters a culture of service, even though that's really part of their bottom line. I see that. Now, Coach Wins, I mean, do you think that we can see more of companies from this pandemic? Okay, do we do you think we can see more companies focusing on values, you know, focusing on the service? You mentioned that there are better ways now, you know, to serve right. the customer. Things have changed. The environment right. is such, you know. So do you see that the future may hold also a lot of promise to see some change in terms of business? Definitely. And I think that it's problem. In business, we always see problems as opportunities. So even in the crisis, even during quarantine, it's really opportunities for companies. Some companies go, and really that's part of business. But what will emerge, we see, are really companies that will, that will serve people better. Not because of anything, because they have to. They have to to survive. Or it really comes out. So that's where really our resourcefulness comes out. That, okay, this is a new way to serve the customer faster, cheaper, or with a new product. So it's really opportunities. And I talk about that, that even during this time, there's always abundance. There's always an abundance of opportunities for people willing to look for them. And it's like the anecdote I've heard so many times ago that in like the entrepreneurs after World War II, some entrepreneurs looked at it as, oh, my business is gone. It's gone. I have nothing left. But some saw it, okay, World War II was a start. Everybody started from zero. Now I have the opportunity to build my business. Yeah. So it's really same case now. Now, Coach Wins, I think a lot of what you're talking about is easy to, I guess, it's easy to do when you're in a place where, you know, you've already seen a lot of success. You've been there, you know, you've, you've kind of like right. overcome a lot of things and you're at a place where things are already a success. Yeah. Now, how do you, what would you say, I guess, to someone who is in the other end? You know, they haven't even seen success yet. Things are yes. already very difficult and yes. they're starting from zero or close to zero. Now, how yes. can they hold that kind of philosophy that I need to think, think about service? I need to think about the customer when they are barely stable um, yes. themselves. So what would you say to someone who has that mindset? Yes. And definitely this one we apply not only to people I talk to, but really within our own company because we know people are in different situations and very different situations from ours. So number one, I say like in uh, the philosophy of light in me, looking, at, uh, looking inward, it's like focus on what I can control. That's what we always say. Focus on what you can control. You can look at, you can watch the news all day and see what that brings you, what kind of feeling that brings you. Is it more hopelessness, more helplessness? But see, focus on what you can control. You can control your health. You can control uh, the time that you have, your rest, what you eat. That's what you can control. That's what you can manage. Start from that. I always say start from that point, but focus not on the outside, on what's happening outside, but focus on what you can control. And maybe this is what, that's the stillness that quarantine is teaching us, to be still and to be at peace with ourselves. And from that point, Okay, then just take the next joyful step. It's really just to take that next joyful step. Okay, what's the next thing I can do? What's the next thing I can do? What's the next opportunity I can I can do? And I and a lot of people have bought uh, a lot of like uh, appliances, computers from us because they wanted to start their business. 
fine. That's a great next step. They wanted to learn at least how to do businesses online. And just take the next step and the next step and the next step. Work. What you don't want to be is you don't want to be stuck. That, okay, yes, I've lost a lot. I'm in this condition, but it's helpless, it's hopeless. That's where we don't want people to be. That's why we do this and communicate Yeah, this message. I agree with you completely, Coach Wins. And I think that the interesting thing about the pandemic is how we respond or react to the situations in our life is actually the measure of success that that is relevant to, to what's happening right now. So normally success would be measured by, you know, how much money you make, you know, how well known you are, whatever your measures are. But in the pandemic, it's a completely different ballgame. It's like how successful you are is how quickly you respond. You know, yes. if you if you get stuck, if you don't respond, you're going to fail right there. But if you're ready to kind of react, change, move course, you know, plan ahead, change direction, change your plans all the time and be okay with that, then I think you will navigate the pandemic really well, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you are taking care of your family, you know, whether you are in school. And so measures of success have also changed, correct? Yes. And that response and that response will be coming from that response. It's not coming from a space, space of desperation that, yeah, that's why it's a response. It's really coming from a space of strength. Oh, wow, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to do this and to do that or, or to do something else. Finding that opportunity that's around you. I would further say that like for people like serving by like to your question that business is service, you know, how do you get to that level? But actually when I say business is service, as I serve other people, I get to serve myself also. So it's not that I give and give and I run out. No, when I give, I ca- it comes back to me. I serve myself and I serve my family, whether that's in sales or I get a salary or a bonus. So it comes back to me. So there's no lack because as I give, I receive as well. And that I think that that we'd want to see that perspective even during quarantine, that as I give or even as I take care of myself, that's how I take care of my community and my family already. You know, I'm glad you brought up that point, Coach Wins, because... I think service is actually something that's very inherent in the Filipino culture. It's like a value of the country and you can see it sort of, you know, in the constitution or you can see it in sort of even the laws, right? Right. And I, I definitely think even Filipinos who live abroad, you know, they are really able to exemplify this quality and trait of service, which is why a lot of Filipinos tend to gravitate towards service based jobs, right? So we see that. But on the other hand, in a lot of my sessions with my clients, okay, and of course, you know, I live here in the Philippines, and a lot of my clients are both local Filipinos as well as OFWs. I do see that there is this very strong quality of service. However, there is a lot of difficulty in receiving, number one. And number two is the tendency to get depleted. Give, 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 give. inability to receive and definitely not aware that you can receive from the universe that you can receive from, you know, the creator or however you, you believe, whatever you believe in, you know, the, the God universe and so on. And so a lot of my clients get really stuck in this whole giving and receiving concept and they aren't able to move forward. And, you know, a lot of time passes and then a lot of resentment builds up. A lot of grudges get created and a lot of family drama 
complications results from that. So what are your thoughts about that, being a Filipino yourself? How would you address that kind of aspect of the culture? And that's business is service. And I do talk about it manifestation. As I give, I receive. And so I say like, okay, and I get it. That's a martyr complex. Now a martyr complex, then you get depleted. So this is the mindset. Okay, the mindset I see is like, uh, I, oh, like this is an example I give. I wake up in the morning, they say, oh, I have to go to work. I have to give myself to work. Then by the time I'm going to go home, by the time I'm going to go home, I'm gonna, I tell myself, oh, no, I'm going to go home. I have to cook and clean again. That's why you're depleted. But what if, okay, what if you wake up in the morning and just think about this? Okay, wow, in the morning, I'm, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to serve my customers. I'm going to help them. And by helping my customers, I'm going to get a salary or I'm going to get some sales. And because I get salary and sales, I can go home and take care of my family. And of course, that last part of the equation, then I have enough to take care of myself. Then guess what? I'm not a martyr at work. I'm not a martyr in my family. I'm not a martyr to myself. I don't repress myself. But what happens? I'm just one person. I'm aligned. That I, as I wake up, I serve my company. When I go home, I serve my family. Then, because of that, I have I can serve myself. So, yes, that's really that's a great insight, and that's really what I'm. That's part of my message of business and service. That as you serve other people, you serve yourself also, and that receiving is automatic. It's really part of as you give, you receive. It's not separate. Right. And I think what you're saying is it's just a matter of sort of reprogramming the mindset to look at things differently. It's almost yeah. like we just have to change the language in our own yeah. head and yeah. it changes the experience, you know, of yeah. our day. Correct. Yes. And yeah. and I also think that sometimes we have to set the right intention. Right. right. Like the intention you talked about getting up in the morning and you're like, oh, I have to go to work and I have to give myself. So the intention we start with is already wrong. You know, and instead, if we could say, oh, I'm going to serve so I can get my salary. So now the intention is very different. It's I'll do my best so I can get the best, you know. So and I think if we go about our day and day after day, changing the way we speak in our own mind and the terms in, in the thoughts that we think, then already we're doing a great job of of this whole giving and receiving. Correct. Yes. As I, I serve. I receive. As I serve, I receive. Yes. yes, it's definitely a great insight. And I'm glad we brought that up. Now, Coach Wins, I noticed that, you know, even though you're a businessman, the way you speak is very inspirational. It's very motivational. And so I know you are also a life coach. So tell me, was service leadership the segue into life coaching for you? Or what was it that inspired you to become a life coach? What inspired me to be a life coach was like, okay, so so from that, so I was really a tough boss. I was really a tough boss. You push people, you push people to sell. Okay, that was me. But then now, as you said, it's a change of perspective because I learned all these things, whether through the healing or through all these other modalities, you're just there to support them. So that's why I like the word life coach. My coach in general is really supporting people. I can just call it life support. You're supporting them, you're helping them. You're helping them make a living. You're helping them serve other people so they themselves are served. So that's what motivated me. That whole life coach structure where 
people know, pe- you enable people, you empower people to do it themselves. And what you do as a life coach or as a boss in a company is really to, just to support them. And yeah, not to boss them around, not to control them or tell them what to do. Yeah, I understand. You know, it, it reminds me, Coach Wins, that when I came to the Philippines more than a decade ago, I was coming from Dubai. So, of course, it's a very different work ethic and culture compared to the Philippines. You know, here it's more relationship based. You know, it's a different way of communication. Dubai is very different. And before that, you know, I lived in the US also for about 10 years and I worked there. So I've seen, you know, the the different kinds of work environments. And so, as you know, I have my own business here as well. I have a well-being center, the Third Eye Wellness. I know you're familiar with that. So when I got here and I started my business, I found it very difficult to be the healer that I am and the boss at work. And I could not separate the two. And honestly, it was a huge learning process for me. I think it took me a year I did a lot of healing work, belief, we call it belief work in theta healing, which is what I practice. And I really had to kind of work on my own self to, to marry the business entrepreneurial side of me and this healer, inspirational, motivation, you know, motivational side of me. And it was weird because it was strange because like on one hand, I would be kind of a little strict with my employees about what they were doing or correcting the errors and trying to train them to be more independent. And then when they felt bad or if they were like, you know, offended or anything like that, or even if they had a member of their family sick, even though they had their own financial or whatever worry, then I'd be healing them at the same time at work. So it was really strange because I'm their healer, but I'm also their boss. And it was like two different personalities until I figured out that it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be the same person and it's just about you making peace with yourself and then recalibrating. Why am I here? Why am I doing what am I, what I'm doing? And if I'm going to be, you know, the, the message of wellness and well-being to the world, then it starts with my business. It starts with me, of course, me first, And then it starts with my company and my employees, because I realized at that point, and I'm talking about, again, you know, close to a decade ago, I realized that if my employees feel lack, they feel worried and anxious about their own financial or family situation, if they are, you know, having relationship troubles, if they are sick and have disease, you know, all of this actually reflects into my business. And their mental state, because they are the people who are serving people in my center. And if they are not in a good state themselves, then of what service can they be to other people? And so from that point forward, I worked on a lot of sort of well-being in the workplace. You know, I tried to be a little bit more conscientious, a little bit more aware of what was happening with my employees. And I learned to also pick up very quickly what was going on with them. And I would really, you know, I would send them into one of my healing clinics. And I think most of my staff, they've been through, you know, our healing <laughs> clinics. And we, and we encourage them to. That's the culture. So I do think it definitely starts from us, like you said. I do think it needs to be reflected into our business and our work and also in our lifestyle and our, you know, interactions with other people. 
So that was kind of like my story of how I made that connection. How about you? How did it happen for you where you became aware of all of these things? And really just a tip for you and it'll bring it down there. Like, okay, so I was that boss of seven days a week, let's say. Did you hit your quota? Did you hit your sales? Seven days a week. Then you ask your people like that. So what do they feel? They feel pressured. And so they have to sell to the customer, which, which we don't want. So now it's a, and we know in the business, you need to balance the results and the culture. So now it's like, okay, the tip is three days a week, you ask them, okay, did you hit your sales? Did you hit your quota? Then the other four days a week, how do I support you? How do I support you to hit your quota? So that's really that balance. And so that was a journey there. That's what life coaching said, oh, wow, I can enable my people to support. Or how did you support your customer? How did you serve your customer? So now, okay, half of the time, of course, they're thinking of how to hit their quota. I mean, that's a reality. But half of the time, they're really not thinking of selling to the customer or pushing this to the customer. Half Now they're thinking more of serving the customer, of helping the customer find something they need. Whether that customer wants to buy something or not, that's, that's fine. I'm just there to help the customer. And when I serve the customer, guess what? More of the time, the customer will feel my sincere help. And they'll come back to me. And because of that, we've had that culture that people like Yumasuke, like I, I talk about my mom. <laughs> my mom, she has her uh, customers for 50 years in the company. And our store heads have customers for 20, 30 years because of that kind of service instead of a sales mindset. And so they really, yeah, that's where we get to that, that space of balance, that space of alignment. And yes, as Anaya mentioned, it really starts from the top. And you're right. It's really just a mindset. And I was smiling while you were relating your story because I remember something, and, and this is a funny example, but I just think it is so like appropriate. I, I watched a TV series on Netflix called New Amsterdam. And it's like a, it's like a medical show. Okay. And I love medical shows because, you know, I'm really into healing the body and things like that. So it's, it's based on a true story about a hospital, I believe in New York City, called the Bellevue Hospital. And so what happened is this hospital is like falling apart. And then it gets this new medical director who challenges everything. He challenges the status quo. And he wants to change everything in the hospital. And the one thing that really, you know, struck me when I was watching this TV show during the pandemic, of course, we had all this time, right, to watch (laughs) TV. So I'm catching up on all these uh, interesting shows. So anyways, he would keep going to all his staff and saying, how can I help? How can I help you? And that was the thing that really, really, you know, struck me because that was his job as the medical director of the hospital. He realized pretty quickly that the only way to turn this failing hospital that's about to go bankrupt, the only way to turn it around was to turn around the people working there. You know, and his job as the medical director was not, you know, to sit in his office and just kind of like, you know, sign the papers and make all the decisions. But he would just constantly be walking around the hospital and asking his entire staff, how can I help? If there's any problem, how can I help you? How can I be of service in other words? And so, you know, that is just it is so true and the, the story about this hospital, it, it ended up becoming, you know, a very reputable hospital. He really turned it around with that kind of an attitude. And I think that in business, if we can go in and be of support, be resourceful to the people who work for us, rather than be the boss, as you said, you know, and, and in, in my healing um, 
in my healing that I practice theta healing, we talk about the difference between ruling and leading. So ruling is like, I'm the boss and I'm going to tell you what to do and you have to follow exactly what I do. But leading is more like lead by example. You know, I should be the example that I want to set and have you be able to emulate because that's the culture that I'm actually perpetuating in the in the company. Yes. So did I get this all right, Coach Wins? Is this exactly what you're saying as well? Yes. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. It starts from the top. And this is not just, yeah, it's perspective, but even the management theorists got that. My dad who studied in the U.S. in the 80s already saw that. And so there's a lot of work on that already. We call it the balance scorecard. In the balance scorecard, yeah, uh, if you're familiar with that body of work, it's really uh, business theory, but it doesn't start with just financial. It tells you start with your people, start with your organization. So the theory is already there. It's not some feel-good thing. It's already there. Those who focus on their organization, on their processes, on serving the customer will get the results. Rather than you know, pushing the first people for results, then doing all this that follow. So as a leader, it's really fo- what you're focusing on first, the organization, the processes, customers, then the results will follow. You know, I got my master's in entrepreneurship coach wins here in the Philippines at Ateneo Graduate School of Business. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the ME program because I know you were at AIM, correct? Yes. You did a program the there. MBA, so. Yes. Yes. So I did my ME. And what was really interesting to me is, of course, all my colleagues or everyone who was in the program with me, they are Filipino businesses, right? People who are running Filipino businesses. And everybody would agree that the biggest problem in the Philippines is people. It's the biggest challenge for pretty much all the entrepreneurs, all the business owners. You know, that's the area they feel very stressed about. And maybe that's the area that creates the most challenge. It has to do with a lot of different factors, right? Which is different. I mean, it's not the same in other countries. People is actually not one of the top issues. And the message in this program I was doing, and that's why I love that I studied here. My Mm -hmm. background is is I did study in the US, but I studied my my master's in entrepreneurship here. And what I loved about what I learned is that we really have to develop our people. We really have to focus on them and we really have to uplift the Filipino people because that is also part of, you know, great service leadership in this country and our country needs it, you know? So I'm actually so happy to have you on my show because I'm actually getting to remember all these things that I myself have experienced. and, And it's something I think that's very, very important to share to all our listeners out there. Now, Tell me a little bit, Coach Wins, about who you coach. Who are the people who are, do you coach more organizations, businesses, or individuals? Tell me a little bit more about your process. For business, I coach people with start, whether they're starting businesses or I've used my own process for our own company. Yeah. So, so it's really aligning the vision to the processes. The vision to the processes. That's for business. For manifestation, I really like, I used to call my program Manifestation for Millennials because that's really, I, I, that's the people I want to serve. Now it's Gen X, Gen Z. Why? Yeah. It's funny, like I'm self, I know, but I, I'm not catering to me. I'm not catering this old, uh, old baby boomer person already because I don't want to learn law of attraction already. I had a hard time learning it. But these millennials, these Gen X, they know there's a better way. There's, no, there's an easier way. So they're really my target audience. 
Why? Because they're so open and they have they've let go a lot of the beliefs, but then they want a better, easier way to manifest and to attract things that they want. They intuitively know there's a better way. They just don't know how 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 to do it. So they're looking for answers. You know, that's so true. Um, the millennials of today are the ones, I think, who will usher in an entirely different way of thinking. And you can see it. You know, you can see it happening already. Yes. So that's amazing. Now, you mentioned manifestation, Coach Win. So I do want to sort of, you know, change course and talk a little bit more about manifestation since that's a really exciting subject for, for people. Um, most people, okay, explore the concept of manifestation when they come from a place of lack. And as you said, you your story was the opposite, right? Your journey of manifestation started when you already had it all. So yes. what was it that motivated you to get into manifestation? Because, you know, like how it works is I want, I'm coming from a place of lack, I'm deprived, or, you know, I need to create something. And therefore, let me learn about manifestation. Let me apply these principles so I can get what I want. Right. But if you already have sort of everything, you've reached that stage, what would get you or what would motivate you to even want to manifest? So yeah. how did it, you know, how did it happen again for you? And I think it's internal discontent. So the same story. I scarcity. We didn't actually when I started our business, uh, it was really small. So it was scarcity. Then I got yeah to the point where I had everything I wanted, relationships, money. But then I guess it's internal. It's really just an internal dissatisfaction. I was still not happy. I thought all these external things would make me happy, but it did not. But okay, what more do I need? Like universe, what more do I need? That's where I started the journey. Okay, maybe, uh, maybe I look somewhere else. Maybe I don't look to these material things for, for happiness. So there was still really a scarcity. It just wasn't in the material things. Yes. So when you pursued manifestation, it was, you know, manifesting perhaps inner happiness, perhaps joy, perhaps, you know, purpose. Right. So your manifestation was a different nature, a different yeah. kind of vibration. Only, yes. It's not the material things already you're after. It's not running after all these sales, all this, all this recognition. It's really, okay, acknowledging yourself, finding healing in yourself. So you wanted like, maybe I wanted all these things because I wanted people to acknowledge me, but I was the boss. Yeah. But not really the boss, Ivana. It, it's not a boss. It's really, uh, as you mentioned, it's the leader, someone who follows my example more than someone who tells them what to do. And how do you be that? You, you have to start with yourself, the way you perceive things, the way you treat, yes, even the questions you ask from a different place. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. If you're a current podcaster or plan to create your own podcast soon, I want to share with you the tool that I use to help me monetize my podcast. It's called Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a platform that allows you to have full control of how you monetize your podcast. You can collab with brands and choose between the many merchants that fit your podcast's audience. It also gives you tips and samples on how to execute your ads properly to maximize your earning potential. Plus, you can track how many of your listeners you were able to convert and know how much you've earned in real time. Cashing out is also a breeze. So if you're a podcaster, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the description of this episode and use my referral code, 
Project Loving Myself. One word, capital P, L, and M. So you can monetize your podcast too. Good luck. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Now, Coach Wins, you mentioned that manifesting is for everyone. And the majority of people aren't where you are at. Most people are actually in a state of lack. They are in a state where they don't, they're not really living their best life or their dream life. So how can they, um, how can they learn more about manifestation? How can they apply it to their life? And is it okay from your you know, from your perspective, in, in your opinion, is it okay for them to start with the more material things, manifesting money, manifesting the job, and so on, and then move on to the more, you know, esoteric, you know, yes, intangible. Definitely. And that's, that's why I like teaching manifestation in a simple way, because I started in esoteric and that I did get it for, for many, many years until I internalized it and made it simple. And now what I say is like manifestation is just the law of nature. Even kids know how to do it. Kids actually do it. They just don't know that they, they do it. But I, I ask people... Kids, simple, Coach Wins, I think kids do it way better exactly, than us. Exactly. Exactly. And the way I ask the question to adults is say, okay, if you know the answer to this question, then you know how to manifest. Okay? Okay. If you want an apple, or if you want to grow apples, what do you plant? So the adult, yeah, apple seed, exactly. So you know how to manifest, Anaya. Definitely. You plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree, then you get apples. But what people actually do, and that's how I simplify, it's really the law of nature. Some people plant the lemon and they expect the apple. So they plant the lemon, they expect the apple. And when they get lemons, they say, no, 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 I'm not supposed to get lemons, I'm planting the apple. Okay. So to that, to that point, the way I uh, explain is, that's the way I want to explain manifestation. Very simple and really just the law of nature, not anything esoteric. And I, so I give that simple example. Uh, it's like if, if I wanted to, 
if I'm overweight and I say, okay, oh, I'm overweight, I'm overweight. Okay, so I have to go to the gym. So I force myself to go to the gym when I'm, I'm doing my exercise. I'm overweight and I'm overweight. Then when I go out of the gym, what do I tell myself? I'm overweight, I'm overweight, I'm heavy. So guess what? I'm planting the whole time, I'm planting a lemon, but all I want is to be healthy. So how you plant that is like, okay, so so if I wanted the apple, I plant the apple and say, hey, I'm okay. I just want to be healthy. Okay, so today I go to the gym. When I'm in the gym, okay, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. And even when I go out to the gym, I still tell myself I'm healthy. Even on that day that I didn't go to the gym, I don't punish myself for it. I just say I'm healthy. Then I'm planting the apple seed of health more than criticizing myself. That's how I explain manifestation in a in a nutshell, and that's how kids can do it. To your question of scarcity, that's that's the same point. And I I actually don't don't actually tell people don't manifest the million, the house, the car. But if you watch the YouTube videos, you might you might get lost there. I actually ask them to manifest milk tea or a chicken joint. Just believe that there's something that you can manifest, and the universe will help you there. That's the first step. It's planting that seed, growing the small roots before you get to that big thing. So, so that's how I start. So for scarcity, don't think of, oh, maybe a million winning the sweepstakes will change my life. No. If you're still in that s- space of scarcity, if you're telling yourself, I cannot be rich, then you'll get another. It's really, okay, how do I make my next thousand or 10,000? What's the things I can control? Take that next step. That's how I'll teach manifestation. So you're basically saying, you know, don't try to bite off more than you can chew. Start small, step by step. Um, you also said that you your thought has to be aligned with your action. Yes. So if you want to lose the weight, then your thoughts should be as if you've already lost the weight or you're, you're commending yourself, you're supporting yourself, you're giving yourself all that positive vibes uh, instead of the criticism. Instead of the criticism. And some people, like, but uh, to your point of some people are martyrs, they give too much. Sometimes they can't affirm themselves. Yeah. So, so, so like my, sometimes in class I joke about, don't tell yourself that you're Miss Universe. You, know, don't tell, you won't believe that you're Miss Universe, right? right? Okay. You can tell yourself you're Miss Manila or Miss Pasig or Miss Antolan. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm Miss Barangay 168. Or I'm no, okay. I look okay. It has to be believable. Start with that. Start with that. I love that. We said the exact same sentence at the same time. It has to be believable. Yeah. Completely. I believe in it. Now, Coach Wins, you know, the other day I was um, sitting with my children and it was this beautiful sunny day. Okay. And as a joke, like we were talking about how, you know, we're so lucky it was a sunny day because, you know, there's been a lot of rain recently. And then my older son, he's five, he was being quite cheeky. And he's like, I want it to rain. Okay. And I said, don't say that. The universe is listening. And I kid you not, from this beautiful sunny day, in literally one to two minutes, it poured. Okay. And I said, oh, my God, Sui, don't say that. We need to, you know, if you want to swim, it should be a beautiful day. So my second son started to sing, rain, rain, go away, come again, another day. And a few minutes later, the rain completely stopped. So I really believe, you know, children are born with that innate ability to manifest whatever they want. And I've 
made it a, a practice to always teach my children that, you know, that they can create, they can manifest, the universe is theirs. Now, what do you think, Coach Wynn, happens to most of us that we lose that ability over time? You know, what happens? And maybe if we can understand how did we get to the point where we lost that ability, we would be able to regain our confidence back once again. And I do this kind of healing script and maybe I, similar to your modality, right? That when we were kids, we manifest. Oh, dad, I want a house. I want a car. I No, they don't even want a car at that point, right? They even have something simple. I've had stories. I want a simple, my own story. I wanted a Star Wars figure toy for $7. I still remember in Toys R Us in LA. Then my mom did buy me. That started my journey of scarcity. I know we don't have money there. We can't afford it. So what happens is, so what happens to that child is that child gets stuck within us. And that child, as even as an adult, keeps telling me, hey, Wins, you can't afford it. You can't have it. You don't deserve it. And I've seen that happen to me and so many other people. So guess what? You're not aligned. You're fighting yourself. And that's what we're, we're after, right? In business is service, in manifestation, it's really just aligning. That that kid says, hey, Wins, you deserve it. You can have it. And then the universe will help you get it, will co-create with you versus in this space where a part of you says you deserve it and the other parts say, no, you don't deserve it. The universe can't help you there. You're planting both the apple and lemon so you don't know what you want. Thank you for that story, Coach Wins. So it reminds me again of something that happened with my child. So something happened where my child was playing with a toy and it broke. Okay. And I said, you know, you, you need to take care of your toys so they don't break. And he's like, oh, but if it breaks, we can just buy another one. And I was like, oh, no, you know, he thinks like there's so much abundance that we can just replace and buy as many toys. So I had to kind of like, you know, change the, the, the script with that. And I was reminding my son about Toy Story and how, you know, our, our toys have feelings. And so I guess we also do have to balance is definitely, you know, I always teach my children there's plenty, there's abundance because I had that same experience where as a child, even though we were comfortable, I felt very deprived. Like I felt, you know, and my parents were just trying to teach me to be more, you know, sensible, to be a little bit more uh, humble is maybe the right word and not think, you know, that I can have anything. And in the bargain, I grew up feeling like there's never enough. And as a result, I became an overspender. So whatever I would get, I would spend it really quickly because I was afraid it was going to run out mm. and then I would ensure it would, you know. And so I had to do a lot of work on myself to clear those beliefs and th that programming. So this is actually something that really interests me and in how is how am I going to raise my child to have this mindset of abundance and plenty and that he can deserve he deserves all of that. But at the same time, make sure he has humility, you know, make sure he doesn't abuse it and go the other way. So I think also balance is, is key. And it's kind of tricky, Coach yeah. Wins. Like, do you have any advice for that? Yeah. I think it's part of the manifestation equation. I call it the joyful wish. The first step is a joyful wish. And for me, that part of the joyful wish, like for your child, for his new toy, is it, okay, is it good for, is it good for you? Yes, it's good for him. Is it good for other people? Is it good for the family? Is it, uh, maybe it's not good for the family, but you still have to spend extra for your toy. And is it good for the world? Uh, if you break that toy, it gets wasted, then it becomes, let's say, trash. So that's part of the joyful wish, part of manifestation that I teach that 
it should be good for you, yes, good for others, good for everybody. So that, that equation balances, balances the kind of manifestations you want. It's never only for yourself. That's such an interesting way to put it. Now, Coach Wins, let's say one of those doesn't check. So it's not good for the environment. So then what do we do? Now, what is the action? Okay. So you can just, so it's really adjusting that wish. It's really just adjusting that wish so that it does, it's good for everyone. Because there's a way, there's a perspective to make it good for everyone. So like in this case, it's, it's not good for the environment, but if you took care of your toy, but you can give it to another child. Then he doesn't have to buy it. Then it will be good for the environment. So, right. so there's always a different way to think about it, to make that wish good. So it, it could work both ways. I can, I, I can wish for wealth, and I can, be, I can be wealthy, but not other people. But then I should, I should be wealthy. I should help other people create their wealth, and that wealth should not pollute and be good for everybody. Right. You know, I tell my students in, in some of my classes and I say one of the quickest ways to manifest wealth is to manifest what you're going to do for others with that wealth. Yes. And somehow when we don't manifest just for wealth, just for ourselves, but we manifest it for, you know, a purpose that might serve more than us, maybe our family, maybe our community, maybe the world, then that manifestation is just so easy to do. Yes, because then, then I explained that. It's because the universe helped you. Because that's the nature of the universe. It wants to benefit everybody. So if that's your intention, it really helps you there. Connects you with people, so, with places, with things. So the universe is more likely to fulfill your wish if it benefits the maximum number of people. Like the more number of people it can benefit, the more likely the universe will fulfill. Yes. And that, and that will start from your purpose, right? If your purpose is just to help yourself, okay, to help you support yourself, great. But if your purpose is to help so many people out there, then you'll bring in all that resources to get it to help. And this goes to your point, right? You made in the beginning of the episode, you said if you're doing your business and you're just looking at your profit, yes. or even if you are a salaried person and you're just looking at how much am I going to make out of it? That's one person, right? As opposed to how can this wealth be applied to a greater number of people, you know? And also, I do believe that money is a very interesting energy. Money, I believe, should flow. It has to move all the time, right? And the more you move wealth, the more you kind of share it, the more kind of comes in. You know, so I think that also supports your point of how, you know, the universe will sort of reward you if you are able to share with yeah. the world yeah. around you. Okay. Now you mentioned um, something about like your manifestation formula, or you mentioned the idea of a joyful wish and so on. So I know you call it a manifestation formula. So tell me, Coach Wins, what exactly is this formula? How would you put it? I put it, it's, the, it's from all my readings, from whether the esoteric, the very esoteric. And uh, I really wanted to simplify it, especially for the Filipino community. Because we manifest, we're actually very emotional, and emotions are really powerful, a way of, of uh, manifesting. So this is really harnessing the, those kind of emotions. So step one is a joyful wish. Think of something that, that you have that will make you happy, even though it's not there. Okay. 
So even though like that milk tea, that jo chicken joy is not there, you're just happy just thinking about it. Okay. Joyful wish. Start small, start with that. The second part is plus inspired action. Inspired action. Action that's not from, uh, coming from obligation, coming from heaviness. It's action that's really easy. So when someone tells you, okay, you want, uh, you want chicken joy, maybe somebody would, okay, uh, then you wait or uh, you do something, then you do that inspired action. Then you do that inspired action. So it's very easy to manifest. Then equals manifestation. That's it. So joyful wish plus inspired action equals manifestation. And from that equation, actually the hardest part, people understand what a joyful wish is. People understand what an inspired action is, not something that I have to do, something I, it's very light for me to do. The hardest part is equals manifestation because you'll have to wait or I'd say allow the universe to work with you or to give it to you. And that trust and surrender part is the hardest, is actually the hardest part, even for my own manifestations. And do you think this is because most people have difficulty giving up control? Most people yeah. have difficulty giving up control. And I think the second perhaps detrimental sort of thought or, or emotion would be the lack of trust, you know, that, that there is a universe listening or there is a God or creator that wants to deliver to you. Yes. You know, even Definitely. if it's just a chicken joy. Yes. That's the hardest, right? Well, I, I did my wish. I, I do my action, right? But then I, I have fear. I fear, hey, I can't control this. What if it doesn't happen? But right. because, yes, fundamentally, the thinking is that, oh, there's not an abundance in the universe. The, the universe wants to can't give it to me, so I don't have to go out and grab it and get it from other people. Right. So it's really this, that perspective of, okay, step by step, finding out that the universe wants to give you everything you want. The universe's abundance, it can give you. Yeah. It's really changing that step by step, that trust, that faith in the universe. And I think that mindset of there is plenty, you know, I think it is very hard to go from that scarcity mindset that most people have been raised with. You know, there's never enough. And to kind of move into the thought of there is plenty, you know, there's plenty yes. of energy, there's plenty of love, there's plenty of opportunity. And I think that's where a lot of people really get stuck. Okay. Now, Coach Wins. Journalist Dan Eldon once said, the journey is the destination. Okay. Do you agree with that statement? What uh, matters oh, more to you, the journey or the destination? Definitely, I agree 100%. 100% with it. It's really the, no. and like when I talk about it in manifestation, people are too hung up or too focused on the destination. I want the mil one million, I want the house and the car. But that's just 1% when you get it. It's really the journey, the step, the step and next joyful step and next joyful step toward it. So that whole journey has to be joyful in your manifestation and the universe helps you there to get to that destination. So that's what, yeah. So that's the learning. It's really about that joyful journey, I call it, to get to that joyful destination. And, and I know, guess that- Go ahead. Go my ahead. experience, I got to the destination, I had everything, but it was not a joyful journey. So I had to relearn to do that journey again and now joyfully and step-by-step. Step. I think that's very powerful what you have shared because most of the time we're in such a rush to get to the destination that 
that's why we forget to enjoy the journey. We forget, you know, to create joy. And we're just like, oh, it's the goal, the goal, the goal. And I know firsthand from living in Dubai, I had um, a healing and well-being center in Dubai before the Philippines. And uh, a lot of my clients were really successful people. They had very, you know, influential positions. They had made a lot of money. And Dubai was like that. Pretty much everybody is financially very stable. And they would come to me and they would say, you know, I got to all my goals. And they're only kind of, you know, they're still young. They're like in their 30s or in their 40s. But they've like accomplished every single goal that they set out for themselves. And they're like, now what? You know, now what do I do? And a lot of them would get into depression because, they achieve the goals, but then there's such an emptiness, right? Because they forgot to enjoy the process. They forgot to, you know, to treasure the memories or create those kinds of important memories because they were so busy getting to the goal. So it's such an important reminder that, you know, it's not about where you're going to reach, but it's about how. Um, and I think you mentioned that somewhere. I, I know when I was doing some research on you, somewhere you, you said in, in an interview that, it's not really about the what, if I'm, you know, paraphrasing correctly, but it's about the how. It's how you get there. What's the what's the road to the destination? Okay. Now, Coach Wins, you created the Light in Me platform on Facebook to share your talks and workshops about business, manifestation, empowerment, inspiration, and timely ideas and approaches in order to achieve a successful and joyous life which goes back to your manifestation formula. Tell me a little bit more about our community and perhaps, you know, our listeners might also be interested in, um, in connecting with you on this platform. So give us some more information. So Light in Me is open to everybody. And I guess more for like people who go into the journey and looking for answers. Like what you mentioned, they, they've had it all or they're looking for answers. Now this young, they know that it's really not just about the career, the money. And they're looking for something more. And in my own like uh, journey, it's really uh, it's really get the hardest step is that first step to looking inwards. Instead of getting distracted by all these things that are presented to you now with Facebook, with uh, YouTube, oh my God, you, you get distracted. No, should I do this, this, this? You get distracted by all these things outside you. Light in me says, okay, take a step back, getting to that. 180 degrees and looking, starting that journey from yourself, from your happiness and joy. That's the purpose, getting them to that first step inward. And I think once you take that first step, the rest is just easy. Yes. yes. All the teachers, all the teachers are out there. All the talks uh, are there. And the way I'd want to support it is to make it simple, funny, <laughs> anecdotal, really for the Filipino, not very. Uh, I would say not very esoteric, not very esoteric. It'll be fun, easy to learn and very applicable, very applicable. And that's how it should be, you know, for, for people to be able to relate to it. I think people get really intimidated and overwhelmed when it's like too esoteric. And that yeah. at that point, it just doesn't become practical, you know. Yes. Now, people would just have to go into Facebook and key in light in me. Is that yes. how they find you? Okay. Yes. Now, tell me, Coach Wins, how do you take care of and manage your well-being given the different challenges that may arise? So whether it's the quarantine, whether it's maybe, you know, stress in business or anything that's going on in your life, how do you manage? How do you cope? Yeah. 
I think it's really for that awareness, that consciousness on myself that uh, all these uh, have built up. But uh, I guess the easiest would be awareness, eh? just knowing whether I'm get being worried or being anxious or stressed and not focusing on that, not giving it energy, yeah, not giving it more energy. Okay, I'm worried, but I don't put energy here. I'll just uh, do something, but I'll focus on what I can control. That's what I tell people. Of course, meditation, the rest, the diet helps, but it's really having that awareness all the time. Of how am I feeling? And being my own best friend, supporting my supporting myself, being aware of how I'm feeling, how I'm supporting myself. And if it's negative, not putting energy there. And if it's it has positive momentum, just following, just following my own intuition. Wonderful. That's I think very useful for our listeners. Now, Coach Wins, you have done an amazing job of answering all my questions and I've loved how we've you know gone into some very interesting um, topics from this so I have one last question for you and this is something I ask all my guests what is your project loving myself mantra that you would like to share to our listeners the mantra would be find the light in me just say those words light in me and uh, I it's so thank you for the opportunity of being here, sharing my message. Actually, before lighting me, it was, it was supposed to be love in me because it's really about loving yourself first. That's the first step to that life journey. But yeah, light in me is good because as I shine the light in me, as I find myself, I shine the light in for other people as well. You know, I think love and light are actually the same thing. Love is light. And yes. so love in me and light in me, to me, actually, are pretty much the same thing. And they, they speak volumes about um, the, the concept and the idea of loving ourselves, of service to others, of shining that light on others. And I think there's not there, there couldn't have been a better way to capture that sentiment so thank you for share, sharing that. Coach Wins, this was a fabulous episode. You know, I, I know I gained quite a bit and it brought up a lot of things that I've learned and forgotten. So it was a really good reminder. And I learned uh, a lot of new things. And I'm sure everyone listening out there has really picked up something. So thank you so much for um, joining me today on this episode. Now, before we go, Coach May I ask you to share your details, um, where people can reach you, follow you, connect with you? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who might um, want to continue this conversation with you in some way. Okay. Um, so my main I know, will be on Facebook. Just join the group Light In Me. Light In Me or in Instagram, it's uh, Light In Me 8888. So we'll post our schedules for classes there and my coaching and healing modalities, but all by donation. My talks, my coaching, they're all by donation. That's such a great initiative and very helpful to a lot of people. Thank you again. And thank you for all the wisdom that you have given us. So how was that? What did you think of Coach Wins? I love the fact that he comes from a business background. I mean, he is the managing director of a huge company. And yet, he's talking about manifestation. He talks about service. He talks about, you know, the light in me or the light in you. I mean, that is just such a beautiful perspective to see in someone who is coming from the business world. Now, 
tell me how it goes for you. Try out Coach Wynn's tips and let me know if it worked. Tag me on at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gunamal on Facebook and Instagram so that I can live vicariously through your experiences. Please hit the subscribe button for me on Spotify and drop me a rating on Apple Podcasts. I hope you will support this podcast so that it can make a difference to all of our listeners. Now, my quote for today's episode is aptly this. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Wise words said by Mahatma Gandhi and so fitting, so appropriate for today's conversation. Thank you for joining me today on the Project Loving Myself podcast brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics. Now, keep remembering, never forget, you are loved. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.